Hi, I'm Jackie Jones and welcome to my podcast, Living Life Being Human, the number one podcast for anxiety, stress and mental health support. Don't forget to click subscribe to be notified of my latest podcast episodes. And if you get any value from this podcast, please support me by leaving a review. It really does help me out and it motivates me to keep making these podcasts. You can connect with me on social media at Jackie Jones Coaching and subscribe to my YouTube channel to get weekly videos all around anxiety, stress and mental health. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to the Living Life Being Human podcast and I would like to introduce Julie, Julie Flynn um, and her cat Einstein, <laughs> if you're watching this on the video. Um, Julie runs Ebb and Flow Financial Coaching, the UK's only financial planner and coach exclusively for widows um, and she supports us through financial transition. Julie demystifies money and encourages us to live courageously, which I absolutely love that quote. Um, she also runs a Bree Wealth and Tax Management. Um, we met on Clubhouse, and this is where Julie runs the Women and Money Cafe at 10 a.m. on a Friday, Greenwich Mean Time. Um, but all Julie's links will be in the podcast notes, so you can catch up with her. There'll be everything on there. So welcome. Welcome, Julie. Oh, thank you so much for having me on your podcast, Jackie. It's, it's a really pleasure. I am intrigued yeah. and interested to know everything about what you do. Oh, everything. All right. Let's, I'll give you the concise version that then. That will do to start off with, and then we'll pick at it. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, as you were saying, I am a qualified financial planner, and I also happen to be a certified financial coach as well. And I run two businesses. And so on the surface, it sounds like I'm really together financially, doesn't it? <laughs> like the sound of that. <laughs> it looks like I've got your my life coach. You're supposed to have your life sorted, but it doesn't work out that way. <laughs> no, and it's like, what, do you know what's really interesting? It's when I started training as a financial coach, obviously you, you have to experience it yourself yeah. in order to be able to, to, to help other people with it. And the reason I'll get really excited about what I do is because the experience I had just being trained, I, I'm not joking when I say it changed my life. I mean, dramatically. Um, so going through the process, I, I know that you'll find this a lot with the work that you do. And I know your other guests will sit, come across similar things as well. As, but one of the exercises that we do near the start, and this is something that yourself or your listeners might want to try, is... If I say the word money to you, just have a little think about what what words spring to mind. What do you think about money? And the thing that happened with me is, and I know that I've always said this, and it's going to sound really silly what I do for a living, is I do, I didn't believe that money was important. Yeah, that was that was my belief. Money's not important. And you might think, well, that's a bit strange given what she does for a living. But it really ties in with my values. You know, it's it's people that are important. It's not material goods and it's not money. I've got the cats trying to fight next to me and I'm doing my best to ignore them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I had this belief that money wasn't important. And going through the coaching process, um, what I realized was it's it's not that I believe money's not important. The belief was that I'm not important. That's so uh, profound, isn't it? When you have that kind of a realization or a light bulb moment as I call them it's like whoa it, it, it was it was just even now I'm feeling a bit tingly yeah. remembering it like wow I don't think I'm important I don't think I matter and these are obviously you know these are all things that kind of trace back to childhood yeah and I know that you'll know this and lots of your listeners probably know this as well but when you're a child, it's really difficult to distinguish between fact and a belief. And we pick up these beliefs and because of the age we are, they get filed away as fact. Yeah. Until we go and pull them out and have a look at them and just sort of look at them objectively as an adult. And as you think, well, hang on a minute. That's, that's not actually a fact. Yeah. And not only that, it's not my stuff. 
one of the things I talk to clients about all the time is, you know, we have a parent child and ego state and our parents have got a parent child and ego state. And the, the way that we absorb our parents is without a filter. We're too young to filter out what's their stuff, what's my stuff, where does it come from? Is it true? Is it not? Is it a belief? Should I believe it? We just absorb it fully. So our parents kind of become part of us as well. And it's it's generational too. Oh, you took the words right out of my mouth. Absolutely. These these beliefs pass on down through the generations. Yeah. And I think that's why I get really excited about what I do because once that penny dropped with me, I was like, oh, okay. And then once you're aware of things, you start to spot it in your behaviors because it really translated into how I live my life. You know, I'm a very giving person, but sometimes at my own detriment. Yeah, snap. That's because <laughs> I think I don't matter. <laughs> what the real wake-up call for me is, have we got time for me to tell you a quick story? Yeah, of course you have. Right, so last year we had that small window when you could go on holiday, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's a bit that small. Yeah, about three days, <laughs> maybe a bit longer. <laughs> and like, I'm part of what we call, I think it's called a blended family. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So there's lots of us everywhere. But I sat down with my son, who's 10 now. I said, Owen, how do you feel about going on holiday? Just you and me for a week. And his first response to that was, what about everybody else? Yeah. I was like, oh, oh, that's me. Oh, that's me coming out of your mouth. <laughs> that's me. Like, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, mom, can we go and do that? Yeah. He stopped and I thought, oh, hang on a minute. And so I sat him down and I just explained, right, well, you take your time and think about it, but it's okay to put you first. It's nice that you thought about everybody else, yeah. but we're allowed to do things just for ourselves. And that was like, that blew my mind. I thought, oh, that, that I'm not important. That, that stops with my generation. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. You know, it's the change, the change that I've seen for myself and then what that's going to do for my family's life. You're like, oh, that's. Yeah. Oh, that's mind-blowing it's just it's awesome big. yeah and so a, you know why. a lot of my clients when I because I'm constantly you know chirruping on about self-care and being selfless and it goes against an awful lot of our beliefs it's it's like well it's selfish and mm. no it's not <laughs> being mm. selfless doesn't equate to being selfish or you know, prioritizing ourselves in a negative way. We we can do that in a positive way. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh huh. But you know, it's it's a le- it's a learning process. Yeah, it's learning yeah. to do that. But the first step is just being aware of it, and then the realization. You know, once you're aware, things start to slowly change. Anyway. Yeah. But then you can start making conscious changes, and once once that happens, I think you can see really big changes really quickly. Hundred percent. I'm with you. You know, awareness is the key to me because often it's it's habitual behaviour. We don't question it. No. We we just do it, and it feels right and comfortable and familiar to us. So why would we change it? And on the flip side of that is when you start doing something different to that, it feels really uncomfortable. As you, all right, this feels uncomfortable. This must be wrong. Yeah. This must be bad. I must not do this. But it's just finding those small, slow, safe steps to yeah. make the changes. Yeah. I love that story. And, you know, literally I open my mouth and my mum comes out half the time. You know, it's with sayings that I swore I would never say, you know, I wouldn't do that when I grow up. And yet every so often she kind of sneaks out. So it, it's really interesting that, you know, we don't filter our parents at all. Even if they're an absent parent, somehow they still take up space in our subconscious. Yeah. And that's what a lot of this is about, is, you know, all our belief system, all our thoughts, everything, that internal dialogue, it's all subconscious stuff. It's when yeah. it comes up into our conscious mind and we have the awareness that then we can choose to do something different. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So. I think in my experience, what I find, certainly from me, for me personally, I think this will probably resonate with a lot of the people listening, is that, you know, you hear financial coaching and you're like, oh, that's going to be dull. <laughs> but it's actually, it's nothing to do with money. See, this is it. When you said a financial coach, that is exactly, not that you were dull. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that yeah. far. 
but the way that you're talking now it's like oh wow that's that's like life coaching that's like the stuff that I do what has that got to do with money so yeah this is a steep learning curve for me having this conversation well I know I think you know the with the women that I work with and in my in my personal experiences quite often what we're coming back to is self-worth yeah and how we communicate that internally to ourselves and then how that comes out into the world as well and just being aware of some of the things that we do will serve us and some of the things that we do don't and even like so you know I'll give you a classic example you know I'm an overgiver but that in itself is not helpful to some of the people in my life no it can be disempowering to the other person sometimes yeah 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 Uh uh-huh and it's just like that just bring that gentle curiosity to it that's that helps make those little changes and those little change those little small steps that you take they 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 have ripple effects yeah and you know things can get really good really fast yeah See, one of the things I talk sometimes is, is called the drama triangle where you've got the rescuer, the persecutor and the victim. And if oh, I'm yeah. an overgiver, if I'm a giver, then that's yeah, rescuer. <laughs> the rescuer place. But uh-huh. in order to rescue, there has to be a victim, yeah, victim. which yeah. is empowering the other person in a Absolutely. relationship. Yeah, so it's like, okay, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> There's the other triangle that's the healthy version, isn't there? (laughs) Yes, yeah, yeah. It's coaching and empowering. And and like you said, being curious, you know, and not critical. You know, yeah, it it fascinates me. Going back to what you said originally at the start of this, when you said think of a word. Yes. My word was fear. I have a real fear around money. And I'm not sure where that comes. Well, I probably do, but, you know, my particularly my mum would always say things like you know you need to save up because it could go at any moment right do you know what I mean we, we, we would never get things on credit we had to save up for them beforehand but th- there was always this thing about even if you had money in the bank something could happen and it could go it was it wasn't consistent it was all or nothing thinking around money Right. So I have a real fear around money. Right. It's strange. I can put it in account and forget I've got it. You know, if it's like, yeah, it's not the don't think about it. Don't plan. Don't spend it. Just ignore the fact that it's there. All right. So what does that say about me? (laughs) I just how did how did it feel for you thinking about that and saying it out loud? stupid for one it's it's like you know i don't know money money is part of life why should i be fearful of something it links in for me as well personally about a fear of being successful you know like you say i i tend to give things away even in my i'm a i'm a rubbish businesswoman i shouldn't be saying this on this podcast <laughs> i'm a really good coach a psychotherapist but the business side of it just doesn't sit well with me it never has I, I could see people all day long and not charge them, but unfortunately, that doesn't pay my mortgage. All right. But I'm uncomfortable around money, definitely. All right. That's that's something I, I, I spend a lot of time talking about. So I know a lot of women that that is the first word that comes to mind when yeah. they mention fear. And I think one of the things that I do with the, the people that I work with is it's just going back and spending time and looking at your your money narrative. You know, what was the story about money while you were growing up? And you mentioned there are a couple of things that your mom said. Yeah. My dad previously that your mom's voice comes out yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But even my, my dad was quite entrepreneurial. He didn't have fear around money. But he used to say things like, you're either born with it or you'll never have it. That was his. Do you know oh. what I mean? It was it was very much black and white thinking around money with me dad. Oh right, so you're either born with it or yeah. you never have it. Yeah, yeah. That, so that was me. born with lots of money, Jackie. Was I? Uh huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'll never have it. That that's one of the beliefs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Which again, I suppose, links into the fear side. My mum and dad had completely different outlooks as far as 
money and things. My mum was very much save it all up, you know, pay off your mortgage, don't have any debt. Whereas my dad was quite entrepreneurial. And if he had it, he would invest it in some ridiculous scheme in the hopes of being a millionaire, but would probably lose everything. So it was easy come, easy go for me, dad, whereas my mum would hang on to it forever. All right. And so, I must be somewhere in the middle. <laughs> well, if you just think about that for a minute, like I know that you've done a lot of work with children, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. So if you thought about some of the children that you've worked with and they're getting what sounds like polar opposite takes yeah. on a subject. Yeah. What, what I would say, maybe not with children, because sometimes it can be a bit over their head, but that could be me putting them down. But for adults, I would say that that causes a real internal dilemma. It's that internal chatter. And what I would, in, in transactional analysis, we call it an impasse, where our parent is speaking to our child and we're missing out the adult bit. So it's kind of like, yeah, go on, you can buy that, treat yourself. No, you can't. What do you think you're doing? You shouldn't be spending that money. It's kind of like that internal argument that we sometimes have with ourselves. So I would have my mum on one side saying, save everything. And my dad on the other side saying, no, you only live once, spend it. If you've got it, enjoy it. But that's all happening in my head. <laughs> would you say one's more dominant than the other? I'm risk averse. That's okay. my mum. Uh-huh. I would love to be more like my dad and, and think, yeah, if I've got it, enjoy it. Yeah, I'd probably say more like my mum. I think my kids would say I'm more like my mum as well. <laughs> right. So that, that sense of fear that it can just disappear. Yeah. And that 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 feeling of being risk averse. So that that will have served you. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm just then curious, you know, how do you think that belief might have protected you? Well, I've not been made bankrupt. <laughs> right okay there's always yeah it's it's middle of the road that's where it's kept me being risk averse I have probably said no to certain opportunities that might have took me down a different path but then I've not fallen off the edge of the cliff does that make sense it's 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 a bit meh yeah money doesn't excite me it, it serves the purpose. No, you're absolutely right. Well, like you said at the start, it's just a thing. It's just a tool, isn't it? Yeah. So if it doesn't excite you, but at the same time, it does, it can, you know, the first word you used was fear. Yeah. So there is emotion around there, isn't there? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Negative rather than positive, I would have thought. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, that's what I help people do is change those emotions and it, it is, it's all going back to those beliefs that we, we've picked up um, or, you know, that have been misfiled as facts in my case. Yeah, 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 and mine. And I think, you know, it's a bit, it's like anything. If, if we're doing something or we believe something or we're continuing with something that isn't necessarily the best thing for us, we'll be doing it because there's, there's a benefit to it. Yeah. And it sounds to you like one of the benefits of, sort of listening to your mum's voice in your head is it's keeping you safe yeah 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 because I'm avoiding taking a risk so it's kind of like just staying on the same well-trodden path (laughs) which again is what I say to clients a lot of the time you know if we're making a shift if we're you know starting to make a change it can make us have a wobble it can make us feel a bit unsafe for a while until that becomes the new norm you know, that pushing our safe space out can oh, be gosh, quite provoking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. I said when I started going through the training myself, I was worried for my relationship at one point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think coaching and therapy should come with a health warning, may change your life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I talk about this, I have done in previous podcasts. When, when I was doing my psychotherapy training in the UK, I think it's one of the few countries where you have to have personal therapy alongside mm. your training mm. so so I had four years of personal therapy I went into it thinking there was nothing wrong with me 
got like six months in and thought, whoa, what is going on? <laughs> so yeah, a lot of other countries, you can just train to be a psychotherapist or whatever without having personal training. Was It was invaluable to me. I made massive changes. I know, I'm a big advocate. And I like, you know how, one of the things you said at the start is you felt a little bit silly. Yeah. About your beliefs about money. If this helps you, and I hope it helps the listeners as well, right? So I trained with, um, Catherine Morgan trains financial advisors in the UK to become financial coaches. Yeah. And so I was in a training group with um, all other financial planners. So bear in mind what we do for money. Yeah. For a living, rather, right? Yeah. yeah. Up there. What we do for a living. Every single one of us had unhelpful beliefs about money. Yeah when we all looked back at our childhood and money, there wasn't a single person in there that didn't have something. And we could all see how it filtered through into our, our personal lives, our business lives. Yeah. So absolutely everybody. And like, I'm such a big advocate of it that I do actually have my own financial coach now. So it takes a team to run me, Jackie. <laughs> I've got well, a business coach, I've got a financial coach, I've got a therapist. Yeah, yeah. I've got I've got supervisors. I have peer, you know, peer support with other psychotherapists where we just yeah bounce ideas off each other and things. I I truly believe that we're better together. It, it's not about you know that being an island or whatever. The more people, like-minded people, we can have around us, the better we all are. Yeah, oh, and always be learning. Yeah, 100%. I love learning. I'm addicted to it. That's that's oh, one of the oh, things. I just keep running to go and find things to 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 learn more about. Yeah, yeah. I you know, I I was qualified well, I am qualified in transactional analysis, but I've done NLP, I've done Reiki. If it interests me, then I'll go and learn about it because to me, if a client comes, I don't want to just be single-minded on this is how I'm going to yeah. do it. I will throw everything apart from the kitchen sink and see what sticks. <laughs> and then we'll go down that road because everybody's individual and yeah. one size doesn't fit all. Like Exactly what you were saying. We've all got our own thoughts and our own belief systems. That's unique to us and our upbringing. So, you know... CBT might not work with one person, whereas, you know, person-centered might. I'm, I'm up for learning new things every day. Like you say, like my therapist, she's got, she's done everything. <laughs> she read all the books, throw them all away and just makes it up now as she goes along. <laughs> well, do you know, that's something else. When we talk about filtering what our parents say, I can read a book and I'll filter out certain stuff. You know, me and you could read exactly the same book. Oh, yeah. I would take something from it completely different to even though we're reading the same words that fascinates me yeah that just shows how much we actually filter out as human beings yeah I love it I'm, I'm just so curious and fascinated by everybody okay well how do you feel about being curious about this right mm. take a little minute and just have a think about that that belief that you've got that the money can just disappear like that. All right. What would be possible if that belief didn't exist anymore? As soon as you said that, I had a feeling. I had an emotional response to that because my head is saying, wow, it would be limitless. If I didn't have the fear of losing it, that would open up everything to me. And then it kind of goes, don't do that. Don't do that. That's scary. It, it's that constant conflict with me. There's part of me that says, yeah, go for it. And then the other part that goes, oh, no, don't be doing that. Oh, but we're only pretending just now. You don't actually have to do it. But I'm just curious what, what would be possible if it... Anything. Anything. Literally. It excites me. As soon as you, I think you only got halfway through that sentence, and I was getting excited, thinking, "Oh, wow, yeah, what could I achieve?" Okay, so t tell me some of the things that you could achieve. It, it, literally, aim high. I there would there would be nothing that I wouldn't attempt to do. Setting up a new business or veering off and doing something else you know being part of a a mentoring program i would literally everything 
All right. So you might set up another business. You might be part of a mentoring program. So, I mean, what, what might the new business be? My dream has always been to do something charitable that offered low cost help and support for other people. So running a business where people would pay, you know, the, the right price, but then using that to fund something else that would offer help and support to other people at a lower cost. So that sort of a thing. All right. Tell me more about that then. It's, it's just always been a thought that it's kind of like a bit robbing hoodie if you will it's that rescuer part of me again you know reaching the people that I could help and support without them having to use their finances for it all right well that sounds awesome and really admirable and like a mentoring program yeah Tell me about that what that yeah. would mean to you um, it, it would be my way of paying it forward. And I think the thing for me would be I would feel better about taking the money off certain people because I would be giving it to somebody else. I would just, it would flow through me, if that made sense. Right. And that would mean that I wouldn't have the feelings of fear or guilt around charging it at one end if I was giving it away at the other. All right. Okay, you've just thrown in another buzzword there. You know that, don't you? No, I don't. <laughs> right, so you just, obviously we've touched upon the fear already. Yeah. You just threw in another key word. Guilt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of that. <laughs> oh, who doesn't? All right, by the way, hands up. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not all there. I still have to work on myself. Snap, as you can tell. Ah, <laughs> oh, but look, tell me about the guilt. Um, tell me about the guilt. I I have guilt around most things. That's my go-to emotion, I think, out of everything. Um, which again, you know, I'm not knocking my mum. I love my mum and everything, but a, a lot of her parenting was guilt-based. Or oh, that's how it felt. I, I can always remember feeling guilty about pretty much everything when I was growing up. So it's my go-to emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, literally, I can be guilty for things I've never even done or seen. It's There's something about taking responsibility for, for the people around me and, and lots of other stuff. Oh, right. No, that resonates with me. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. It's, is it a sense of responsibility? That's how I always think it is. My, okay. yeah, one of the things in my background, my sister, she's three years older than me. She was born with a disability. So mm. the way that I rationalise, and I talk quite openly with my family and clients around this, is that my sister was the broken kid and I was the okay kid. Mm. So, yeah, obviously my parents, a lot of attention went on my older sister because, you know, it wasn't a massive disability. She's fine. She's still here. But there was a lot of things she couldn't do. So she got a lot of the focus and I just was okay. Right. So I suppose I was constantly trying to to get attention. So being the good kid and taking responsibility for myself and other things got me validation when I was growing up, which links into all the people pleasing and the be strong. Don't do emotions either, which isn't very good for a therapist. <laughs> don't feel stuff. Don't don't talk to me about feeling things. <laughs> Oh, that's so refreshing. <laughs> like I said, I, you know, clients come to me and, and I'm empathic and everything, but on a personal note, and again, I'm quite open and I talk a lot with clients about this. I, I my training, we, we have thinkers and doers and feelers and people that physiologically notice what's going on in their body. I'm a thinker and a doer. I avoid feeling at all costs. So I just do stuff. All right. You know, if, if what would happen if you felt things. Oh, the end of the world. Really? No, <laughs> I'm getting better. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it used to feel. Um, but yeah, I still fall into that trap. Depending on what my state of mind is on any given day, I will still fall into the doing as opposed to just feeling a feel. I know in my head that you can feel a feel and it will pass. That, that's what happens. Feelings and emotions. Tell me if this is true or not. I heard somewhere that when you have a feeling, 
if you just sit with it and stay with it, it it doesn't last more than 90 seconds. Absolutely. That blew my mind when I learned that. <laughs> this is what I use with my clients all the time. Is it, this is like, it's this snow globe. It's $1.99 from a well-known sh shop it was. But if we do nothing, everything settles. Our thoughts, our emotions, everything. But what we tend to do is like, why am I feeling like this? I need to stop it. I don't like this feeling. Yeah. It's really uncomfortable. And we're just constantly shaking it. Because the reality is, if you just sit in an uncomfortable feeling, it will go. Oh, isn't that amazing? Amazing. Yeah. Oh, I know. I love it. It's the same with you know, the adrenaline that we get when we're having an anxiety attack. That only lasts about 90 seconds. But because we have a fear of the fear, we're constantly injecting ourselves with more cortisol. So it lasts oh, yeah. longer. But to tell somebody to just sit feeling anxious, it will pass. It, it doesn't work. When we're in that feeling no, place. That's why I was da dancing for 90 seconds around the room before we started this. <laughs> Helps with my nerves. So I had the music blaring out, full blast, dancing around. Actually, that's maybe why the cats were a bit excitable. <laughs> yeah. Yay, mum, we're dancing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so that's what I did as a financial coach. It's just a lot of the times going back to that money narrative in the past. And what you'll find is so, you know, the the beliefs and the feelings that we have attached with it so you know i'm a i'm we might be a little bit similar in some ways with the whole i don't matter i'm not important but this terrible sense of responsibility for other people yeah and all of that really tied in and you know you could see how that then played out in my behavior now and it's you know and in some ways, it's it's more subtle because it's not destructive. It's not overtly destructive. Yeah. It doesn't look like it's doing me any or anybody else any harm. Yeah. And it, it's not, but life can be so much better. Yeah. So much easier. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh -huh. So it's just sort of going back and understanding. Where, where did that come from? Who, who does that belong to? That's the big thing. Is that my, I, I, I do swear, and I'm, is that my <laughs> shit or is that somebody else's shit? That's the way that I talk about it. Oh yeah, it's somebody else's shit. That, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I talk about it, and I don't know whether you used to play it when you were a kid, but we used to play a game called Hot Potato, where you caught a ball and you threw it really quick. You yeah. couldn't hang on to it, you had to throw it. And I see that as our belief system, is somebody's thrown it to us and we picked it up and it's, you know, it's ours by all intents and purposes. The reality is it's not. Yeah. You know, yeah. one of the things that really striking for me, and I don't know why this resonates, but if, you know, one of my clients has got anxiety around health, which particularly the situation that we're in at the moment, an awful lot of them have got health anxieties. They can usually link that back to their parents having health anxieties. You know, a fear of being ill or a fear of somebody around them being ill. My mum used to get really angry with me when I was a kid if I got ill. Mm. But she was scared. Yeah. <laughs> but rather than feeling scared, we have this wonderful ability to cover up one feeling with another one. And I do that. If I'm anxious or fearful, I get really angry with myself and other people. <laughs> yeah. We call it a racket feeling in transactional analysis because it's safer to feel the racket feeling than it is to feel the actual authentic one that we're having. All right. And so why do you think she felt scared? Um, probably because, I don't know, the, the time that she was born, she was, you know, she wasn't brought up by her parents a lot of the time because they were working. So she went away to live with older people that probably had health fears themselves. But it does tend to be a generational thing that's that's passed passed yeah. on. If there's been an illness within the family or somebody's, you know, chronically ill throughout, we can kind of pick up other people's fears around certain things. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I'm listening to you there and I'm just, you know, th this isn't necessarily your circumstances, but it reminds me of someone else that I worked with. And it's interesting isn't it that 
very similar to your mum as, as far as when when the individual felt scared, it would come out as anger. But the fear was actually because they cared. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, here you have someone that, that cares so deeply, but what they're communicating is anger. Yeah. And, like, and then once once the, 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 the lady I was working with, she goes, she, I just thought she was angry with me all the time. I thought I couldn't do anything right. Yeah. I thought I wasn't good enough. Like, now I can see that, all right, she wasn't the best at communicating, but that all came because she loves me so much and she just couldn't say it. Yeah, yeah. And that's really sad. That makes me feel so sad. <laughs> you know, that the, the intention wasn't to make, you know, with my mum, the intention wasn't to make me feel bad in any way, shape or form, but her fear around certain things it was all about her feelings and her projecting it outwards and and I picked it up yeah so I I learned when I was growing up to not be ill do you know what I mean it was kind of like I needed to be okay all the time because otherwise somebody would get angry with me right so you said there you picked it up off of her yeah right put it back down again Jackie yeah I do that a lot <laughs> Someone shit. Yeah, it is. It's like they can dump it. Just look at it. And say, oh, look at all that shit. I'm not picking it up. It's not mine. I've got enough of my own, to be perfectly honest, without picking up other people's. Are you sure it's your own? Well, no. But again, there's so much that resonates with me about what you're talking about. You know, I say it with clients about their anxiety. Give it a face. Give it a shape. What does it look like? Has it got a colour? You know, and then once you visualise whatever it is, put it in a cupboard. It'll be there when you come home from work. If you want to pick it back up again, you can pick it up at any time. But just put it down for a day and see what it feels like. And they look at me as if I'm off. <laughs> what is this woman talking about? All right, well, listeners, right? Jackie knows her stuff, okay? <laughs> Because you heard me mention before that I was dancing around the room before we did this interview. And Jackie knows that I find stuff like this absolutely terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I am, I'm just a classic introvert. <laughs> I'm just pretending you're not really there. I'm going to refer to you. But I was dancing before we started doing this because I thought, right, I'm really nervous. I need to just get the energy out. And that in a critic voice, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're doing. You're not good enough. All that one. My, I've given mine a name. <laughs> Mine's Macapaca from In the Night Garden. Love it, love it. And so me and Macapaca were having a bit of a dance before the interview, and then he was told to do one. Do you know, it, see, that's made all my earth stand on end. My, I, my, my inner critic, I visualise as being, it's kind of, do you know Nanny McPhee? The, I do, yes. It's really like Victorian, wears dark clothes or whatever. Yeah. She, and... She, I call her Edna. My, my little chirpy voice is called Edna. And she's right. dressed in black, Victorian looking, just very stern. And I tell her to bog off quite regularly. <laughs> but yeah, if you describe this to somebody else, they look at you as if you've just fallen out of a nutty house or something. But I think it's good if you can visualise and externalise something. Oh, yeah, well... I don't, I think I'm safe to say this because my son's only 10. So I don't think he's going to be listening to your podcast for a while. So I'm not <laughs> going to know that. I've spilled his secrets. But yeah. sometimes he has this, he calls it, it's just a feeling. Um, what is it? It's the feeling that everything's his fault. That's what it is. It's the feeling that everything is his fault. And that probably stems from when me and his dad split up. And so he's given his a name as well. And it's Poe from the Teletubbies. <laughs> yeah. So I've had the same conversation with him now. And, and we're just like, is that Poe? And he's like, yeah, it's Poe. Yeah. And, and like, do you remember what I said to you? He goes, I do remember what you said to me, that it's just a feeling and it isn't my fault. It's yeah, that's it. And, you know, to me, if that resonates with somebody, that's fantastic for other people they might not get that. that's it yeah but it, it's what works and what doesn't work and that to me is all about us being unique and individual you know my my son my eldest he's 32 now he has no problems with money whatsoever he has no fear around it he dabbles in stocks and shares and it only 
the amount that he can afford to to lose he he he, he works hard, but he plays hard as well. But he has no fear of money, which I'm really proud of. But well done, he yeah. processes things completely differently to the way that I do. Mm-hmm. You know, we bounce off each other quite well because we're different personalities, whereas yeah. me and my daughter are quite similar. She tries to rescue me and I try to rescue her and we end up just <laughs> rescuing each other, which is quite nice. Just stop and be rescued. Oh, that's it. Just let me look after you, but she <laughs> wants to look after me as well. So it's a, it's a mutual love fest when I'm with my daughter, whereas my son's much more practical. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He, he likes practical, here's a problem, there's a solution, let's just crack on and do it type of thing. Mm. Yeah, I, I just, I think my kids have got, hard, well, I've got three children. My 16-year-old, I, I still haven't sussed him out quite yet. He's still evolving, bless him. But not my elder, yet. <laughs> again, not fully cooked yet. He's not fully cooked yet. We're still working on it. It's a work in progress. Um, but my son has part of me, definitely, if I was split down the middle, like a stick a rock, he would be half and my daughter would be half, 100%. Together, they make a whole me, which is quite interesting. Uh, just listen to you talk there. It makes me think, I'm curious about, you know, how you, you're a doer you've said yeah I wonder if the, I think there'd be a way to sort of get that doer mindset on the money because doers don't stop to be scared do they no they don't oh yeah well you've got all the tools there we just need to line them up in the right place for you yeah and one of the things um I think you said something earlier that made me think about this and I thought oh this might be helpful because everybody I mention it to they're like oh never thought about that as it's to do with comfort zones and you know a lot of the work I do with people is they they know they have a lower comfort zone like when the money's not there at, up there like that's really uncomfortable I need to have that much yeah but what they all turn around and go oh okay as when I say do you know you've got an upper comfort level as well so once the money gets to a certain point that's that's where you're comfortable and it can't go above that. You will find ways to make it stay under that level. Yeah. And you know, this happened to me in my business is that in my head, I was just like, once it got to a certain amount, I had to pay everybody more. I had to do stuff with that. I couldn't let it get bigger than that because yeah. that wasn't comfortable to me. And it's just being aware of that. Yeah. That, just, that really resonates with me, what you've just yeah. said. But again, that's the belief, that's my dad with that all or nothing. You either have to have loads of money or none, because you're, if you're anywhere in the middle, the government screw you over or you have to pay tax or I don't know what it is, but it's kind of like you've either got to have lots or nothing. The middle ground isn't a good place to be in. Mm. So what you're saying about having an upper limit, mm that that really resonated with me yeah so you know one of the things that you said that you can remember him saying is you're either born with it or you don't have it yeah is do you think that's fact no 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 there's part of me that thinks yeah you know you're born with a silver spoon in your mouth and everything else but then even they it's not a guarantee, do you know what I mean? They can lose money just like anybody else can. Same as somebody that hasn't got it can make money just like anybody else can. I do believe in opportunities around money. It's one of the things my eldest son always says to me is why not mum, why not you? And I say, yeah, but they, you know, they're successful. Well, why not you? You are successful though, Jackie. Yeah, you see even that. I don't like the word success. I don't like the word expert. There's lots of things that trigger me. All right. Okay. Now, if it helps, I'm the same. (laughs) Somebody referred to me as an entrepreneur the other day and I had to look around. (laughs) Who? Yeah. (laughs) When somebody says I'm an expert at something, that, that imposter syndrome just comes out full force. Who the hell do you think you are? Yeah. So, yeah. There's there's a lot of and I, I am better at challenging those thoughts. When when Edna rears her ugly egg, I am getting better at challenging her. Yeah. 
Uh -huh. I think, you know, to, for anybody that's listening, you know, if you're curious about how, how you start to make some little changes yourself with your money is just have a little thing, grab a pen and paper and a half hour at some point and just write down any words and beliefs that you have about money. And if there's one that's particularly jumping out at you, okay, just, I'm going to ask you to make two lists, okay? Make a list of all the evidence you have proving that belief. And then a list of all the evidence that disproves it. Okay, spoiler alert, okay? It's a belief, it's not a fact. So yeah. we can change it. <laughs> love it, love it. And then, you know, once you've done that exercise with, off the back of that, I want you to write down your new belief. So, you know, I've already shared that my belief was I'm not important. Yeah. So my new belief is that I do matter and I do deserve, I do deserve the wealth that I have. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things just, you know, it's, it's not a finished product, but just, it's a start, isn't it? Of course it is. And, yeah. Yeah. And you can start to see the changes. Yeah. And it's, it's a massive impact. So even just hearing you say that, you know, it, it does resonate with me. I often talk to clients about taking a thought to court, take it to court, <laughs> challenge it. Do you know what I mean? That, that pros and cons list or whatever, just take it to court, find the proof. Where, where's the proof that that thought is real? And they're not. A yeah. thought is just a thought until we give it energy. And then that starts to become a belief that we then, you know, accept. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And thoughts, just like feelings and emotions, they're transient. They move all the time. Dependent yeah, on where our state of mind is as well. On a good day, it doesn't go in. I just bat it off. But on a on a not so good day, it's like, yes, come to me. <laughs> I will accept you. <laughs> the doors open, all are welcome. Come on that's in. It. Come in, sit down, take a seat. <laughs> you know, I think, you know, that's true of all of us. Yeah. But you know, that happens to everybody. But you know, what what you and I do is we're just trying to give people the the tools to start to change it because change is possible yeah 100% yeah because i think i think i mentioned you know i've got two successful businesses and apparently i'm an entrepreneur <laughs> which was news to me <laughs> yes embrace it <laughs> but you know there's been times when my life's been a complete and utter mess i mean do you know what there's been times when um and I know that this happens to lots of people. It's not just me. So I have no shame about admitting this. Good. The bills come through the door and I can't open the envelope. I've been in that place. Yeah. And it's just because my brain couldn't cope with that. So I, I have problems um, concentrating because I have narcolepsy and I have PTSD. So sometimes my memory's not the most reliable. Wow. And when, when that's really bad, I struggle to process complicated information and then when there's actions that require like lots of different steps it's just overwhelm yeah and I can't do it yeah now, I recognize that now like oh but that's okay right so that's that's how it is today that's not how it's going to be tomorrow yeah and I would just you know anybody that's listening that thinks yeah I can't be fixed I'm I can't do it it's not for me probably help other people well no because I've I've been in the, the biggest of deep holes mentally and got myself back out. Yeah. It, it really resonates with me, you know, but again, if there is that person listening saying, yeah, it'll work for everybody else, but it won't work for me. That's just your filter. That's, that's just another one of those thoughts and those beliefs that I'm different. It won't work for me. It'll work for everybody else, but not me because of X, Y, and Z. And that's the taking it to court. Take that bit to court. Why not you? Just you, why not? I would say in some ways, is it even simpler than that? If you're saying, why not you? Oh, I don't have any filters. I'm just going to see what's going through my head now. Yeah, say <laughs> it. It's, it's that you don't want it to be you. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got all these reasons on why not you. 
really it's just you've decided not you yeah but equally you could decide yes yes me this 100%, time 100% 100% yeah yeah. So, you know, when you said about being broke, one, one of the things, or being, needing to be fixed, one of the things I often say is that it's impossible to break a human being. We oh. are all born okay. Yes, some people are born with disabilities and things, but having that disability, they are still okay in that, that yeah. body and doing whatever. So it's impossible to break a human being. But we're always trying to get back to peace and harmony we, we don't like being you know stressed and overwhelmed and everything if we don't interfere with it we just go back to that good place and yeah. it, it's it's that same sort of thing we were born okay so we can go back to being okay it's just yeah. all the things that happen to us in life the family that we're born in the parents that we have all that sort of stuff if that can change us then we can consciously make a decision to go back to where we were we, we don't need to learn something new we've already got it in us we just need to understand yeah that change can happen like that yeah and here's one for you if you think you're broken uh, speaking of someone who did think she was broken at one point yeah that's that's one of those little beliefs that sneaked in pretending to be a fact yeah yeah I'm not broken. You're not broken. None of us are. No, no. That, that's not a fact. Yeah. That's a belief. <laughs> it is, it is. And you, you know, you, you sound quite similar to me. I have little phrases. I would imagine that for your clients, it's quite annoying when you're just constantly saying, that's not a fact, that's a belief. <laughs> I, I always say- well, I ask. Oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. My I, clients, especially less annoying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I run a membership and you you know we're, we're completely real in there and I will constantly say the same phrases to them over and over and over again because we need to hear it a lot of the times the more we say it out loud our subconscious hears it and clocks it yeah we, we hear everything we think and everything we say we're, we're absorbing it all so we need to learn to challenge those thoughts and those beliefs undo yeah. the stuff just yeah. loosen the, the knots a little bit and open the opportunity to to having a new belief around certain things that's all it is yeah i think one of my other annoying ones is what would be possible if yeah <laughs> which you've already experienced love it love it yeah i mean, one of my, i always say you know be curious not critical and our thoughts create our reality a hundred percent of the time that's mm. how it works mm. Yeah. that that it all comes from our thinking you know my clients often they made me feel this way or that happened that caused me to feel this and it's all very external it's a thing a place or an event that made me feel this way and mm -hmm. I say to them the reality is it's your thoughts about the yeah. person the event or the thing that are creating your feelings nobody has the power to make us feel anyway it's a choice yeah no absolutely and it, i think that's the the one of the issues with money is it can be a really emotive subject of course yeah yeah and it, it can it can bring with it a lot of really negative emotions so ones i come across obviously fear yeah. guilt shame that they're ones that come up a lot yeah like well what i do on my financial planning side of the business is um when i'm working with couples little exercise that i get them to do is to have a money date. <laughs> uh, this is it. way more fun than you think, okay? Love it. <laughs> right, so a money date. Wine can be involved definitely in nice food, okay? <laughs> Even better. <laughs> and it's sit down and talk about money. And when I say sit down and talk about money, I don't mean the bills, okay? <laughs> I mean, sit down and have a chat with each other about what was money like for you growing up? Yeah. Um. Well, what, what did you spend your first pay packet on? What was the first thing that you bought with your own money? Um, then just things like that. And like at home, who, who made the decisions about money? If there was a disagreement about money, how would you know? And just like really gentle questions, just trying to understand where each other came from. Yeah. And that's 
that kid, that's I think that's a really healthy and a really important thing for any relationship. Yeah. Understand. It's just understand where, where you both come from. Because if you come from really different backgrounds or culturally, it's just there's it's just gaining a better understanding of each other. Yeah. And then talking about what your expectations of the future are. You know, how how do you both feel about charitable giving, helping out friends and family, things like that. It's just trying to before a situation arises where there's a disconnect. Yeah. You've already got that understanding of where the other person's coming from. And it is something that we don't talk openly about. No. You know, no. it's it's like your bank account detail. I know we keep our bank account details, you know, but the amount that's in that money is is quite we're secretive around our finances and our thoughts around money and wealth and and all that sort of stuff it's not something we would normally discuss with a partner no so that's why I like to use those kind of questions because yeah. it's not specific about now it's just to, just trying to understand and some of the you know the amount of conversations I've heard about people buying trainers <laughs> <laughs> for some reason like I'm a big trainer fan so it might it might be my influence I don't know but when someone's talking about what they can remember spending money on as a child, like, oh, I can remember getting a pair of Nikes for the first time ever. Yeah. And, you know, they, these can be really nice, happy memories. One of my earliest memories was going to the supermarket with my gran and we'd walk and it would take forever. It was only a 10 minute walk. About two hours. Yeah. should stop and talk to everybody on the way. Yeah. But they don't give you 10p. <laughs> bargain <laughs> that's one of my earliest memories of money is going to going to presto way back then with my gran and getting you come home you could have 60 or 70p it's a lot of money back then it was yeah especially when you got two two sweets for a penny yeah ah, yeah. yeah so that's what i would encourage people to do, is have conversations like that because that that can feel really good but also deepen your understanding of the other person as well and that can be really critical for the long-term future of a relationship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's also, a, a, you know, a, a good way of exploring your own beliefs around things. Yes. You know, oh. it, it's not necessarily the content of the conversation, but like you said to me earlier on, what was the feeling then? Did you have a feeling with it? Notice when, you know, the other person is talking, whether you have a reaction to something that they say, because that can be quite an indicator as to what your thoughts and feelings are around certain things is your reaction to somebody else yeah and you know you saying that's just popped something into my head so my husband and I are separated but we're still co-parent and he lives he lives just up the street yeah so like my son can walk between the two houses lovely so we are still really close and it was at Christmas time and we were discussing what we were going to get him for Christmas and things like that and uh this year as because I'm all enlightened now. <laughs> I could say to him, look, Brian, you at Christmas and birthdays, you spend a bit more than I'm comfortable with on our son because I don't want him to be spoiled. Yeah. But so there's I would rather he had fewer things that he really appreciated than that big ta-da wow moment when he comes down and sees it. That makes me feel really uncomfortable doing that. So how would you feel about sort of we just set a budget and agree to it and stuck to it? And he was absolutely fine with that. And it made me feel so much better because otherwise every birthday and every Christmas, I'm sitting there feeling uncomfortable at how much my son's got um, because it's not aligned with my values. Yeah. And, you know, for years, it's, this has been doing my head in. <laughs> yeah. But you said something and that's it yeah and it's changed yeah yeah but you know to me where our feelings are or how what we have a reaction to is just an indicator of where our thoughts are you know yeah. if I'm having a reaction to something that somebody's saying that's because I connected it with something personal to me it's mm -hmm. nothing to do with that person so to speak oh, yeah. it's, it's and everything to do with my beliefs and my thoughts around certain things Yep. So it, it's just, it's a nice indicator sometimes if you have a wash or a feeling or something. Ooh. And that's the bit where I say, be curious. Just, oh, yeah. what's that about? Don't know what's going on there, but I'll just clock that one for now. 
I think we're going to have to set up a clubhouse room called Be Curious because I'd be curious as well. We well, need to do that. We need shop. to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm literally, it's like, oh, what's that about? I'm just, I'm, I look, I'm, I'm one of those people that likes people watching. I'm just merely curious what what's going on yeah we need to do this again I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it and i've got so much from it personally um so yeah thank you so much for for being on the podcast i know jackie thank you so much for inviting me on and making me feel so at ease oh, good. i have loved talking to you and i hope that you and the people listening have have got something useful out of today i certainly have and i'm sure other people have so you can get in touch with julie i'll put all the the links to everything in the show notes or whatever um and hop over to clubhouse on a friday at 10 o'clock and listen to women, women and money cafe yeah <laughs> i'm gonna be there because 10 o'clock on a friday is a good time for me because it's kind of in between clients so i'm gonna jump on on friday and listen um so i'll be in the audience waving okay thank you so much <laughs> right i'll speak to you soon okay you take care take care bye for listening to this episode of living life being human podcast please subscribe on apple podcast and leave me a review and if you got value from this episode please share it so that others can get value from it you can connect with me on facebook instagram and youtube at jackie jones coaching or you can visit my website jackiejones.co.uk and click on the free resources tab at the top of the page for all my free and paid support thanks for listening